Hello, and welcome to One World, One Health, with the latest ideas to improve the health of our planet and its people. I'm Maggie Fox. This podcast is brought to you by the One Health Trust. We're looking at possible solutions to problems facing the world as explained by the scientists and experts who are working to make a difference. You've always wanted to help planet Earth, and these bite-sized insights into new ways of protecting our planet and people may be a good place to start. And here's an intriguing way to help defend humanity against pathogens, looking at sewage. What goes in must come out, and that's really true when it comes to disease. Your poop carries traces of the germs that are in your body, and that goes for COVID as well as for other diseases like polio. And public health experts are finding ways to look at sewage to monitor what's going on at a population level. In this episode, we're talking to Dr. Amy Kirby, an environmental microbiologist at the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and to Professor Joachim Larsson in the Department of Infectious Diseases at the University of Gothenburg in Sweden. First up, we asked Dr. Kirby to tell us just what wastewater surveillance is. Yeah, so wastewater surveillance is not a new idea. We've been using it for polio surveillance for decades, really since the 1960s. And the idea is basically looking for pathogens that are shed in stool and finding a passive to the community way um, to get that pooled stool sample. So looking in wastewater um, as a community stool sample to understand um, where the disease may be present. And for COVID, um, we can also look for trends um, and levels of the disease. So are cases in that community increasing? Are they decreasing or are they stable? Um, And we've really seen that for COVID, it provides an early alert um, of where we're seeing increases in cases. And we can uh, use that information to target uh, mitigation efforts to uh, really head off those increases as much as we can. We asked Dr. Larson to explain some of the advantages of looking at the sewage of a whole neighborhood or even a whole city. So there are a number of advantages uh, with sewage surveillance. The the most obvious advantage is that with one single sample, you're actually uh, analyzing bacteria or viruses from thousands and thousands of people. So it becomes a pretty inexpensive way to, uh, to monitor large populations. The best advantage there is that you can find rare forms of disease or rare forms of bacteria, for example. But you can also have a great use for this in uh, developing parts of the world where there is basically no clinical surveillance. But there are also challenges, of course, in terms of uh, benchmarking uh, sewage surveillance against uh, traditional clinical surveillance. Dr. Kirby told us the CDC and other authorities have been using wastewater to keep an eye on the COVID pandemic. Wastewater surveillance has been a very effective tool uh, for helping us monitor the COVID pandemic, really um, in locations around the world. Um, It only really works for COVID when it's quantitative. um, So we need to be able to have those concentration measures so that we can look at trends, right? Are cases increasing or decreasing? Um, And what we've seen throughout the course of the pandemic is that we can detect those trends in wastewater on average four to six days before we see those same trends in cases. And while four to six days may not seem like a lot, um, in the COVID pandemic, that's a lot of time to make decisions about resource allocation, to put out messaging, to really prepare the community uh, for the 
the increasing cases that is going to be coming. Um, and it's been a great success and, and we look forward to building on that and expanding it to other targets beyond COVID. Dr. Kirby says it's possible to use these methods to look for pathogens we don't even know about yet. Certainly for pathogens that we know are uh, excreted in stool uh, and urine, potentially, uh, wastewater surveillance seems to be a very promising approach for those pathogens, as well as potentially chemicals um, that are excreted in stool and urine. There is a lot of interest in developing this for the unknown pathogen. What's the next pandemic that's going to happen? Um, I think we have some technological innovations and, and development to do there. Um, and personally, my concern is we really need to know um, how to confirm that uh, potential signal when we get it. So we, when we see something that could potentially be a new pathogen, how do we confirm that that is in fact there um, before we respond to it? Um, because I think as promising as wastewater surveillance is, it also has the potential for uh, false positives. And we want to be really cognizant of that when we're um, looking for those unknown pathogens. We asked Dr. Larson if it might be possible to use wastewater surveillance to look for antibiotic-resistant microbes, germs that resist the known drugs used to fight them now. In fact, we've already done so. A couple of years ago, we showed that there was a new resistance gene, completely new resistance gene that nobody heard of against a particular type of antibiotic, aminoglycosides, that we found in wastewater and then we realized it was already present in pathogens in China and in the US, but it has passed, passed unnoticed among all the clinicians. So we were able to find this because we look in a sewage samples where there's basically bacteria from thousands and thousands of people. So we can find the really rare things there. Dr. Kirby said the CDC is really investing in this technique. Yeah, I am really happy to say that this is now considered part of CDC's surveillance portfolio. Uh, the National Wastewater Surveillance System is funded through 2025, and that uh, will cover expansion to all 50 states, as well as expansion beyond COVID. So we're going to be um, adding surveillance in this initial round this year to include antibiotic resistance, foodborne pathogens like E. coli, salmonella, and norovirus, um, other respiratory pathogens like influenza, um, as well as the emerging fungal pathogen Candida auris. Um, so really pushing this surveillance system to be uh, the multi-target surveillance platform that we frankly have been envisioning for many years, um, but weren't able to get the kind of return on investment that we needed to build this system. Um, and COVID really changed that and enabled, enabled us to build this surveillance infrastructure. Um, so we're working rapidly to leverage that uh, to build a sustainable system. We asked Dr. Larson how hard it is to interpret a big sample of sewer water. When you take a sample from sewage, you actually collect, collect information from everyone that is contributing to that sewage. So in contrast to clinical surveillance, where you usually sample patients, here you'll actually sample the entire community. So not only those that are sick, but also those that are healthy. And uh, if you take samples from a hospital, you're focusing in perhaps a little bit more on those that are sick, but still you will get bacteria, viruses from people who work there or, or visitors, or basically anyone that is using the toilet. So I think it challenges the interpretation of the, the numbers that you get also and the data. Uh, so that you're aware of that this is not exactly the, the patients you're looking at, you're looking at the greater population of people. And also sometimes 
there could be contribution from other sources, depending on what microorganism you are looking at. And one big question, are we really sending people into sewers to do this? That, so at least here in the U.S., uh, people generally are not going down into the sewers physically, um, but we are taking samples directly from either the sewer mains through a manhole. Um, so generally an auto sampler is the tube is lowered down into the sewer and then uh, it draws up a sample over the next 24 hours. Or uh, more frequently, they're taking a sample as it's coming into the wastewater treatment plant. Um, so there's often a port um, where the utility workers can access it. So it is coming directly from the sewer main, but we're not actually sending people down into the sewers. We'd like to thank Dr. Kirby and Dr. Larson for sharing their ideas with us. You can share this podcast, which is brought to you by the One Health Trust, by email, Twitter, or your favorite social media platform. And let us know what else you'd like to hear about at OWOH. That's OWOH at OneHealthTrust.org. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to One World, One Health, brought to you by the One Health Trust. I'm Ramanan Lakshminarayan, founder and president of the One Health Trust. You can subscribe to One World, One Health on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on social media at One Health Trust, One Word, for updates on One World, One Health, and the latest in research on One Health issues like drug resistance, disease spillovers, and the social determinants of health. Finally, please do consider donating to the One Health Trust to support this podcast and other initiatives and research that help us promote health and well-being worldwide. Until next time.